0: Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. I'd like to talk to you about the idea of having an annual review with you on this month's lesson. We are uh, at the end of the year, and it's appropriate time to begin to reflect and think about your life at this point in time and where you'd like to go in the years ahead. In your notes, I have labeled what I call the question of a lifetime, the question of a lifetime, and it asks, if your life turned out perfectly, what would it look like? And that's the question of a lifetime, because it needs to be answered by us more often than it probably is. I've thought about people and their lives, I've reflected on my life, and I've had a chance over the last 12 years or so to literally work with hundreds of thousands of people. And I have these lingering memories and movies in my mind about how most people are experiencing life. And it breaks. I have chances to hear from people who come up out of the audience and talk with me. At the productivity school, it is not uncommon at all to have people approach me and ask if they can have 15 minutes of my time during breakfast or maybe 15 minutes of my time during lunch just a week ago I got a note from a gentleman that went through the productivity school two years ago and came through on a scholarship and had asked me at that point in time if I would mind sitting down with him he was having some financial and relationship challenges and in those 15 minutes I recall how this gentleman told me about how he was living his life and those kinds of moments and those kinds of of memories linger in my mind as just thoughts that I would love to help people work through in their life I'd like to change the dynamics of how We all live our lives. I'd like to change the dynamics of how people get from where they are to where they want to be. And that really is the purpose of this month's lesson. An annual review with you. If your life turned out perfectly, what would it look like? How do most people live their lives? Based on my experience, there are five different things that I think characterize how so many people, at least the people that I've had a chance over the last 12 years to be in front of, are living their lives. And I'd like you to write in some words and maybe just kind of get an idea of how this particular comment might be applying to you right now in this season of your life and at this stage of your life. Number one, most people live their lives without a clear picture of what they want. Without a clear picture of what they want. Most people live their lives without a plan to achieve true happiness. Most people live their lives without a plan to achieve true happiness. Most people live their lives with a day-to-day challenge to balance time with priorities. Most people live their lives with a day-to-day challenge to balance time with priorities. Most people live their lives with programs or references, and those are psychological words, that promote negative or unhealthy choices. Last month on the Abundant Living Lesson, we had a chance to work through the idea of change your choices and you'll change your life. We talked about the three different patterns of people, and clearly, people have programs and references that promote negative or unhealthy choices. And finally, most people live their lives with goals that are too small and dreams that are fading away. Now, I set this up characteristically, obviously, because there's a better side to how to live life. There's a better side to the equation of how to live life, and there are certainly answers to the question, if your life turned out perfectly, what would it look like, that we want to try and answer during this month's lesson. In my mind, to live life fully, okay, there's four requirements, things that we have to look at and things that we have to pay attention to that I think really go in to helping order life in general but I'd like to maybe go deep on these four issues they're reflective of perhaps what you have read in our book the power to be your best but they're coming at you in this lesson from an angle that gives you the motivation behind the idea I've done this intentionally because I'd like you to think as you go into the year that follows and as you begin to experience years after that and perhaps decades and decades ahead the idea of why Living life fully should happen, but more importantly, how to make it happen more naturally. So to live life fully in your notes, you must know what's important to you. You must know what's important to you. And the reason why is this centers you. One of the things that I want to bring back to the top of your mind and or perhaps give to you for the first time is the idea that centering you on the one thing, the purpose for which you exist, the answer to the reasons and questions, why are you here, the motivation for you to make decisions has to be something that you've spent time answering, and if you've done it once, it's worth doing it again because this is the centering mechanism. This is the centering mechanism. This keeps you away from the guardrails. It keeps you away from straying over the center line and the oncoming traffic of life. It is the centering mechanism that helps you make the choices that we think go into living life fully. Number two, I think that living life fully requires you to know where you want to go in the key areas of your life. And this directs you. Knowing what's important to you centers you. Knowing where you want to go in the key areas of your life directs you. Thirdly, to live life fully, you must know how to do what you want. This enables you. So we get centered first. We get directed second we get enabled third and enabled only happens through something you learned last month in abundant living and that was the idea of gaining knowledge. The idea of having more knowledge about how to do the thing, the idea of learning at a higher level at a faster pace, the idea of making sure you understand you're smarter than you think and gaining knowledge will enable you to do what you want. Now, Finally, to live life fully, you must do what produces your desired outcome. So you can have the centering mechanism, you can have the directional mechanism, you can have the enabling mechanism, but you still have to act. You still have to take action, and this motivates you. So when you do what produces your desired outcome, it'll motivate you because you want more of that outcome. So as you think about this, think about where you're at right now. Are you pretty centered? Are you pretty clear on what's important to you. How are you doing right now with direction, you know, particularly in your life and your business? Do you really know right now where you want to go in the key areas of your life? Um, do you have the knowledge right now in whatever areas those are to play that particular area at the highest level of performance possible? And are you doing these things often enough so you're starting to really experience the momentum that comes from the motivation? When we think about the annual review with you, I can tell you right now without uh, any hesitation at all, Most people are new to this idea. Most people are not really clear beyond maybe the typical New Year's resolution that an annual review with you is absolutely a requirement to live the next year at a higher level than you've lived the previous year. To live life fully, you've got to do these four things. And so let me tell you my thoughts on the annual review because they actually promote you performing in these four areas much better than perhaps you are. And for me, the same holds true. An annual review with you is, and in your notes write in a few words here, it's an opportunity for you to examine the quality of your life, what you have and what you're missing. So to have an annual review with you, at least at at this point, is an opportunity for you to sit down and examine the quality of your life. And that's a pretty all-encompassing idea, the quality of my life. That assessment alone is worth, if you will, the price of the time spent. Number two, an annual review with you is a chance to explore and decide what will bring you ever increasing fulfillment. Keyword. Chance to explore and decide what will bring you ever increasing fulfillment in the months and years and decades ahead. We learned last month that if we change our choices, we'll change our life, and this is really where you start to decide. What are the new choices that, if I make, will bring me ever-increasing? Let's talk about ever-increasing. That means always improving, getting more and more and more of what, at least in my life, I've heard hundreds of thousands of people say they want, and that is fulfillment. And I think I raise my hand to the issue as well, that I'm searching each day in different ways for higher levels of fulfillment, both personally and professionally. An annual review with you is an inventory of your skills your attributes, and your vocational direction. It's a chance to ask yourself, what am I good at? Where are some of my natural tendencies? Uh, How am I doing with vocational growth and direction? And how does that apply to me and affect me personally? So an inventory of your skills, attributes, and vocational direction. It, fourthly, is an opportunity for you to do an assessment of your state of balance and the opportunity to engage new behaviors that will promote greater balance. I'm fascinated by the fact that some of the people that we've been tracking, particularly to this issue here of balance, have watched the element of time, the percentage of time that they have to pay attention to the balance issues increase year after year after year uh, as a result of making positive, powerful, assessment-based choices. We've watched people who reportedly in writing have gone from uh, a week and a half of vacation to six weeks in a year to 15 weeks. Those are neat stories. Those are neat experiences to watch people who shave 20 hours a week off their work week, produce at a much higher level and have even more time to do the things that create balance. So I look out in this audience, I see many of you who I know more intimately perhaps than others because of either the amount of time we've spent together and or perhaps some of the ways that you've let me know about your personal growth and achievement. I make the assumption always that all of you are achieving, but it's been interesting to watch some of you who I can see you know, year after year that this assessment of your state of balance is something that's causing you to make incredibly powerful choices in the years to come about Where you spend your time and how much time you spend and what you do to really make this thing an achieved reality. Balance is not a math problem. Balance is a design problem. And one of the things that we need to do through the annual review with you is design a higher level of balance. And that's really what this particular lesson is about. Continuing an annual review with you is a chance to feed your soul and listen to your heart's desires about who you are and what, why, and how you're becoming this person. It's a chance to really feed your soul and listen to your heart's desires about who you are and what and why and how you're becoming this person. Here's one of the things that's most important to me, and I hope that it becomes most important to you. As recently as this morning, uh, I had a conversation with my accountability partner, dear friend and coach, along these lines and one of the personal commitments he's made to me is to help this happen in my life and as I talked last month on the power of choices the idea is that you can't go back and change all the bad choices you made but you can start today to make incredibly new choices to create a brand new end of who you'll become and central to my conversation this morning were the ideas found in this idea here the most critical thing you can do each year to guarantee that you finish strong so an annual review with you is the most critical thing you can do each year to guarantee that you finish strong. And what does finish mean? It means that you look back with no regrets. You look back with no regrets. And whether it's the hardest lessons you've ever learned, that you've had to search years to find the positiveness in that lesson, or whether it's all the things that intentionally have been rooted in responsibility and choices that have made that help you get better results and help you be more mindful of the intentionality of that and at the end help you feel so good about who you are as a person because you've had this review and you've made these decisions and you know that to finish strong, these are the choices that have to be made. Those are the powerful reasons for an annual review. And then finally, an annual review with you is a moment. It's a moment for energizing your passion and regaining your youth. It is a moment for energizing your passion and regaining your youth. My excitement level when I watch people go through the annual review process to take a look at where they're at and where they want to go and to get analytical enough in this lesson to show you exactly how to do an annual review with you inspires me greatly because I see that each time people go through this there's this increased sense of energy there's this increased sense of excitement they're raising the bar playing at a higher level getting more and more passionate about what it is they do next And with that is the resulting truth that people appear, even as they chronologically age, to become more youthful in the process of growing. I have a quote by General Douglas MacArthur in your notes. Uh, It's entitled, What is Youth? Youth is not a period of time. It is a state of mind, a, a result of will, a quality of imagination, a victory of courage over timidity, of the taste of adventure over the love of comfort. A man doesn't grow old because he has lived a certain number of years. He grows old when he deserts his ideal. The years may wrinkle his skin, but deserting his ideal wrinkles his soul. Preoccupations, fears, doubts, and despair are the dust before death. You will remain young as long as you're open to what is beautiful, good, and great, receptive to the messages of other men and women, of nature, and of God. If one day you should become bitter, pessimistic, and gnawed by despair, may God have mercy on your old man's soul. It's powerful when you start to think about that. So when I think about the annual review, I think about putting together for you an actual process where you can take what you're listening to right now, you can take the notes that you're completing right now, and some point in time in the next 30 days you can sit down and do the annual review. Let's walk through it. It's going to be very much hands-on. It's going to be the nuts and bolts, the tactical stuff that has to get done. I've been doing annual reviews in my life for almost 20 years. They've taken on varying different degrees of effectiveness. They take on varying different degrees of intensity. In some years, there's radical changes of plans and objectives, and in other years, there's simply a fine-tuning and a shaping I've reflected back on all I know about it. I've reflected on the conversations I've had with Building Champions, with Daniel, with with some of the most effective tools that are happening with people that are being coached. And this is what I sense is the best process for you to go out and make sure that next year is better than this year and that the year after that is better than the one that is to come. Number one, eight essential elements for conducting your annual review. Number one, you must find a place of solitude. So that you can be free from distraction. Ralph Waldo Emerson, great quote. To go into solitude, a man needs to retire as much from his chamber as from society. I am not solitary whilst I write and read, though nobody is with me. But if a man would be alone, let him look at the stars. So when you think about this, if a man would be alone, let him look at the stars. Just think about that. Think for a moment about firmament. Cheryl and I were recently in Fiji, and we had a chance to go on a uh, a scuba diving trip. And we were on a chartered 110-foot scuba diving yacht. And there were uh, Cheryl, myself, and 14 other people and uh, a crew of eight people. And off the back of this yacht was a skiff, an 18-foot skiff. And each day, we would do uh, up to four dives, and it was optional. And the skiff would come off and get into the ocean, and then we'd go to a dive site. I remember on the first evening, I did a night dive. That experience was exceptional in and of itself. However, being in those waters with absolutely no other industry and commercial uh, opportunities to pollute the sky, coming back on the skiff at night in a pitch-black environment, the water's black, the sky is black, you almost sensed that you could reach out and grab the stars to see the Southern Cross, to see galaxies that you cannot see from the United States, to be what felt like inches away from white clouds, which we knew were not clouds, but merely matter in space, was really what it was like to be alone. And I imagine for a moment Having the other 17 divers off the skiff, having the driver off the skiff, going up on top of the aluminum shield and just laying there and being alone. And it was an incredible experience because I've never felt that close to heaven as I was in that moment. That close to the stars. I've had magical experiences with the stars. I've been in you know, the high country and looked up. I've been in non-polluted areas and looked up. But I have to tell you, this was a thousand times more intense than any moment I ever can recall. And imagine for a moment what it would be like to just hang there by myself for hours. That's solitude with absolutely no interruption. And as you think about a place of solitude where you can be free from distraction, first, you don't have to go to Fiji. There are many places within you know, blocks, if not inches, from where you stand and sit in this moment that can be your area for doing your annual review. A couple thoughts, though, about solitude. Okay? There is a time to start and there is a time to stop. An annual review has a start time. It has a stop time. Okay, I'll tell you more about what I think those start times and stop times are. But it is between those hours that solitude must permeate the meeting with you. Number two, thought is insignificant without action. So in this moment of solitude, while you are there to think, the ultimate outcome from thinking will be action. Thought is insignificant without action, and action is unsafe without thought. And that's powerful. So many of us are making choices without thinking. Many of us are coming up with new goals and new opportunities and new ideas for the years to come, but we are not thinking about those ideas as much as we're simply trying to put into action something that we feel has to get done. And the thinking preceding the implementation is probably one of the most important things that can ever happen as a result of the annual review. Thirdly, the most effective living is focused and not fast-paced. So I have to tell you at this point in time that an annual review with you is a slow experience. Even though it has a start time, even though it has a stop time, it is the crock-pot experience. It's not the fast boil. It's not 450 degrees for two minutes. Okay, it is a stirring, stewing, long-term proposition from start to stop, but it does have an end. It's not fast-paced, very focused. The second essential element for conducting an annual review is a cassette recorder to dictate the movie of your life. So if you're going to do an annual review, I would encourage you to take, you know, a little cassette recorder, micro cassette recorder, and be prepared to record the movie of your future. This is an experiential process that is really incredible, particularly when you listen to tapes from years past and as you create tapes for years going forward. Now, here's a quote in your notes. The past is a prologue, and this is from a sign in front of the National Archives in Washington, D.C. Here's the thought. There is a story within every person, and every great story has a strong theme. The extent to which your story is lived out from this point on is determined by how you read your story up to this point. To determine the theme of your story to this point and to help you redirect your story's ending, consider the following questions. Number one, if your story up until now was published in book form, what would be its title? Just think that through for a second. If your story was made into a movie, who would play the role of you? And why? If your story built up to a major achievement that you have made, what would that be? Why were you able to reach that achievement? Number four, if your story was an epic, what noble cause have you been championing? What was the motivation behind your accomplishments and what remains to be done? Number five, describe a scene in your story in which you, the main character, faced a major setback that brought out the best in you? What characteristic or personal quality did this reveal? Number six, what other setbacks did you face? And what did you learn from them? Number seven, what events in your story foreshadow what lies ahead? What parts of your story do you want to leave out (laughs) in the remainder of the story? Okay, what parts do you want to include in what remains to be done? And who have been the most important people in your story thus far, and what role will they have in the rest of your story? When I wrote this lesson, I reflected on two phenomenal books that have been incredibly instrumental in my personal focus in the area of life planning and making decisions that are incredible decisions for the future. And those two books are a book called Halftime by Bob Buford and his follow-up book to that, which is called Game Plan by Bob Buford. And the idea of creating a movie, the idea of creating a story, the idea of the vividness and the you know, the different uh, emotional feelings of visual and, and auditory and, and kinesthetic from really writing your screenplay is a powerful metaphor for us to consider. And I thought as I read through this book again that this is an important part of the annual review. To decide where it is you want to go and the neat thing is to record it. The neat thing is to sit down long enough and just record where it is you want to go. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. Number three, books for inspiration throughout your session. It's my recommendation that if you're going to do this annual review with you, particularly when you learn in just a moment the start time and the stop time, that you take along two to three of your favorite books. Okay, And these are only for the purpose of guidance and inspiration. Nicholas Chamford said that what one knows best is what one has learned, not from books, but as a result of books, through the reflections to which they have given rise. And some of the books that I have been most impacted by or that I would recommend that I think would impact you are The Art of the Fresh Start by Glenna Salisbury. Phenomenal book on aligning your future with your purpose and your inner heart. I always love reflecting on the seven habits of highly effective people. You can learn every single year by just looking at the habits and reloading on what you need to do and where you need to be more proactive and where you need to be more end-mind focused and where you need to sharpen the saw. I love the Leadership Bible. It's a very powerful work, I think, on personal leadership. John Maxwell has two great books out, The Success Journey and Failing Forward, I think those are a part of what you might want to take along. And it would be my hope that maybe you would take the power to be your best. Uh, we have uh, lots of testimonials that that book has been very effective in the area of life planning. And the books, uh, you'll see again, they don't just sit idly by, you know, on a chair or a desk or a couch or a rock or wherever you are doing this. There's a moment for you to delve into the books and to pull from and extract from the books the inspiration, the motivation, the thoughts that get you thinking about this review. Okay, number four. I believe that every review should have with it and at it your current life plan, your goals list, and your dreams list. Now, if you don't have those, then it would be very effective to create those before you do your next review. But your life plan, your goals list, and your dreams list, and I think this is important, and they should be in writing. And Tim Hansel says, a goal not written down is a wish. And that's very important, I think, for all of us to understand. A goal not written down is a wish. We need to really understand this. Here's some thoughts for you about this particular area. Less than 5% of our society has goals written down. Less than 5% of our society has goals written down. The act of writing down your goals is a commitment to clarity. The act of writing down your goals is a commitment to clarity. Number three, seeing your goals is the first step To making them a reality. Seeing your goals is the first step to making them a reality and then number four, reviewing your goals frequently ensures they remain catalysts for action. Reviewing your goals frequently ensures that they remain catalysts for action. So I think that at this particular session whatever you have to this point in time that is in writing And whatever you don't have that you think would be helpful just to quickly you know, map out some of the the dreams and the goals that right now might be swirling around in your mind, but they're not yet in print. I still have a folder in my office that has the first creative display board that I put together in 1983 on, on my closet that I would walk into every morning. And as I was getting dressed, I would review all the things that I wrote down in each of the areas of my life about where I wanted to go and where I saw myself being. It's so cool to pull those things out today and to see that literally every one of those has either been accomplished or for right reasons, removed from the goals list, the dreams list. And I think this is going to be really important as you see how we structure the day. Number five, I believe you should have your life planning questionnaire. And I think there should be time allocated, as you'll see in a moment, to review that questionnaire. Dorothy Canfield Fisher says that if we would only give the same amount of reflection to what we want to get out of life that we give to the question of what to do with a two-weeks vacation, we would be startled at our false standards and the aimless procession of our days. That's pretty powerful. You've heard me say before, Dennis Whaley says, we spend more time planning holidays and Christmas than we do planning our lives, and that's maybe very similar. I've put together in your notes, and I won't go through them right now for time consideration, 16 questions that I think are absolutely critical to planning your life. Some of you have been in the Master's Coach program for several years, and this year, as last year, we gave you these questions to kind of have you think as you started the year out, and I'm recommending at this point in time that you finish this year with these questions being a catalyst for your life planning session, for your annual review with you. Number six, you should have your old journals from the past, and you should have a new journal for the future. Okay, now I don't know where all of you are at uh, at journaling, but here's a couple of quotes and then I'll give you some ideas on this. Keep a diary of all thy considerable actions and of the most memorable passages thou hearest and meetest with. Thomas Fuller. It is incredible to see what that does for you. Samuel Johnson says, a man loves to review his mind. And journaling is powerful. You've heard me talk about this. You've seen it in The Power to Be Your Best and Wealth Strategies, but journaling does a lot of things, and from the past, it tells you where you were right, where you weren't right, what you want, and what you don't want in the future. It is an opportunity for you to mark down the magic moments in your life. It's a chance for you to uh, collaborate and to uh, put into compendium form the lessons that you have now learned that should never, ever, ever, by definition, be learned again. It's a chance for you to write personal reflections about where it is that you want to go and and some of the reasons why you want to go there. In your notes, it says, if you're not keeping a journal, start today. Number two, when you discipline yourself to write down your actions, thoughts, hopes, and dreams, you go through a process of clarification, often resulting in greater understanding and focus. And number three, old journals are some of the wisest instructors, reminding you of what you've already learned and showing you what is still left to learn. So the journaling idea here at the annual review would be very important. And again, obviously, if you have no old journals, you can't bring them, but you certainly can bring a new journal for the future. Number seven, I believe the annual review should entail your unique abilities inventory. And I think this is critically important. Edward, 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 I'm only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can still do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something I can do. Okay? And I think one of the beautiful things about the unique abilities inventory is to get real clear on what you're good at. To reassess what you're doing with your talents, to reassess how you're using your talents, to, in your notes, help you understand and effectively utilize your current arsenal of gifts and abilities, okay, takes time to assess, And you have to take time to assess your current responsibilities on the job. You have to take time to assess the abilities required to perform your responsibilities. You have to look at where you're gifted in the family, where you're not gifted in the family, and start to make incredibly powerful choices as a result of this inventory. Once you've made your assessments, as your notes say, determine which responsibilities and abilities meet both descriptions of this. This is important. High ability, high satisfaction, and low ability, high satisfaction. Okay, your goal is to focus okay, on the areas of your life that will give you the highest return for your physical and emotional investment. Now, if you've been working with us for a while, you know that this is exactly the essence of what we're aiming for. We are absolutely committed to try to help people live their life at high ability, high satisfaction levels. This is what I do well. I do it so often that I get this kind of satisfaction from it. And to have that not only skirt the professional issues, but the personal issues. To learn in your family what you do well and what you don't do well. To release the brakes, to use a term that I am uh, becoming very familiar with because of a dear friend of mine that's helping me with that. To let my wife do what she is good at. To not get involved in that. To let and empower her and feel good about it. For her to let me do what I am good at. And for her to not get in the way and to empower me to learn and see already from a life planning standpoint, the abilities of your children. And if you don't have them, obviously you don't look at those, but to see where their strengths and weaknesses are and to begin to think about ordering life at this annual review with you regarding and around those particular issues. And that's critical. Number eight, the result of all this is then you must have a life planning master document. And the Life Planning Master document is the document that then, at the end of your annual review with you, you complete. And it would be my hope, share it with your coach at Building Champions, because those guys and gals are committed to helping you finish strong. And then begin your new year of excellence as a result of what this document is that you've put together. In your notes, Thomas Carlyle says, Of all paths a man could strike into, there is at any given moment a best path which here and now, if it were of all things wisest for him to do. To find his path and walk in it is the one thing needful for him to do. So a solid life plan consists of five successful ingredients. Write this in. A solid life plan consists of five successful ingredients. Number one, your purpose. We began the abundant living year with the power of purpose. might be important for you to have that CD with you as you go back through this message, the power of purpose. Recall many of you in this room today that were in that room then who said that that was a powerful session for you as you began the year and how much more powerful would it be if you ended the year with it. And so we think about that. Number two, a solid life plan consists of your value areas. A reassessment of not only what is important to you, but the order of importance that you place value on those things would be critical. Number three, a solid life plan consists of your vision For each of those areas. And so depending on where you're at, it would be either new vision, old vision, revised vision, modified vision, or for perhaps the first time in your life, a vision for those areas of your life that you determine important. Number four, it should include your mission objectives, which are generally more short-term. Your mission objectives, your mission statements, the things that embody those short-term things that are going to give that vision lift and will become the wing instead of the weight to your accomplishments. And number five... A solid life plan consists of your strategic actions. These are the daily activities that, when done, fulfill the mission and allow the vision to be accomplished. This document will end up being somewhere in the vicinity of five to ten pages long. And as you complete it and fill it out, which we will give you instruction on momentarily, this will be then the thing, the very platform from which you operate for the year to come. Now, here's the schedule. So here is the start Here is the stop, and this would be the template for how I would recommend the annual review with you goes. Hour number one, you can start it whenever you want. But hour number one, for the entire hour, I would devote to prayer or meditation. Whatever you feel strongly about would be the way you would start this particular day with this particular element. Prayer and meditation, what does it mean? What are some of the elements of why this is important? I mentioned solitude earlier in the lesson and this is where you start to gain that. So write in some thoughts here as we talk about what does this hour really look like? One hour. Get quiet and disengage. So there would obviously be probably not a need to say, however I will, no cell phones. No pagers, only one person, possibly two, will know where you're at, okay? You will not be in close proximity to anybody that can take five steps left or right and be in front of you. You will be on your own, okay, and disengaging from what? The fast pace of where you were up until yesterday at perhaps 5 p.m. You're going to get comfortable, okay, and you're going to slow down. You're going to get comfortable and you're going to slow down. And perhaps the disengagement process and the slowing down process might take 15, 20 minutes. You might be incredibly uncomfortable for the first 5 or 10 minutes at your annual review with you because there's nothing to do. Because this is why there's nothing to do. Because you're not supposed to be doing anything but getting quiet. And it's an opportunity for you to start to listen to your soul which in your communication with God through prayer and your meditation, you start to sense the things right now that are on your heart. You're starting to sense the things that are so critically important to you and you're starting to think and evaluate and seek guidance and counsel. It's a chance for you to contemplate. This is a little light, but contemplate my existence. It's a chance for you just to be quiet enough for a period of time to contemplate my existence and answer the question, you know, why am I here? It's a chance for me to seek my direction, to know in my heart as I slow down and as I pray and think and meditate that there are directions I know I should be going in. And I know in that moment of thinking that while I won't do anything about it right now, that there are new directions that I should go. And it's a chance for you to explore God's promptings. It's a chance for you to explore what's being placed on your heart as the things that you need to do and the directions that you need to go. Now, the reason why you have to start slowly is because the process requires clarity of mind. It requires you to put out of your brain the things that are so easily there, the things to do, the calls to make, the things on the list that still aren't done, You know, all the things that could get your attention right now. And yet if you make it through hour one, you are on your way to a place that most people will never go. And that's what makes you unique. Listening to this or being in this live audience, that's what makes you unique. Because you're going to spend an entire day Doing something that most of the world's population either A, doesn't feel they need to do or B, has decided they don't have the time to do. And both of those are myths and both of those are false. What do we do with the second hour? As we think about this day, as we think about this start and stop, it would be my idea that the second hour would be where you spend your time in life assessment. And it would be during that hour that you assess your values, you assess your vision, and you review those things. Because they do change. They do deserve different levels of attention. They do get modified. So in that process, five thoughts that would help you through this hour that I think would allow you to get some traction and sink your teeth into it would be, number one, review my current life plan. That's why it's important for you to bring it with you. Review my current life plan. Review my past journals, journal entries. Just peruse those. You know, Get a sense of you know, those lessons that you don't want to learn this year that you learned last year get a sense of the mistakes you've made that you don't want to make get a sense of the victories you've had that you want to experience again go back and reread and get remotivated and get reconnected to those things review and discover what's important to me either re-review or rediscover and or review or discover what's important to me go back through the what's important about success question and see if that's changed at all see what you wrote down last year see how you feel about it this year review my progress in all of my value areas you know, take time to review what gaps you had last year, where you're at in those gaps. And as I sit before you and share these thoughts with you, this is a different kind of lesson because it's a step-by-step nuts and bolts lesson. But I have to tell you something. One of the tests of anything I put into a lesson plan is whether or not I would benefit by doing the same thing. And I will tell you right now, I'm the greatest student for what I've written down that I'm sharing with you. And I say that with a heart full of humility and And embarrassment for things that I haven't done right that I need to do right and new directions that I need to go. But I also say it with a sense of certainty because I've watched people's lives, many of yours, be changed to the core because of these processes. And lastly, study my unique abilities inventory. That's why we said to bring it and to look at your gifts. Because it is from this point forward that you will then begin to launch into the planning process. So we've got two hours behind us. I haven't said this to you yet. You'll find out at the end, but the annual review process is, in my recommendation, at least an eight-hour day. Lots of time. Okay, A big, big commitment, one that will change your life every year forever. Hour three, how do you spend this? You spend this with your books and your resources. I'm going to give you some ideas now that I think you'll find very helpful. Take along three to five of your favorite books. gave you some ideas earlier on what those might be. Okay, breeze through each book. And when I say breeze through, I'm going to make the assumption that if you're taking one of your favorite books, it's been read. Okay, is that a fair assumption for me to make? And I'm going to make the assumption that if it's been read, you have either highlighted, dog-eared, folded, paper-clipped, post-it note, something on those sections that you know really got you juiced. And when I say breeze through... Just go through and just get inspired. Reread the stuff that impacted you five years ago. Reread the stuff that you highlighted last year as you read this book. Okay? And if you have not done either one of those things in terms of highlighting or dog earing or sticky notes or whatever, then go through the table of contents and just real quickly, based on where you're at, which table of contents, which element within the table of contents looks like it might be something that you need to kind of lock onto right now. And just go to that area and then breeze through it and see what the bold titles are and see if there's any bullets, which generally represent in a book things to do. And just see how you can get inspired by the words of others. And then fourthly, look for actionable thoughts or strategies. Constantly, I'm reminded when I review my books, about the idea in seven habits of sharpening the saw and I think here about actionable thoughts on how I can do that better how I can become more efficient at becoming more effective in taking time to perfect strategy and to perfect the execution of anything to slow down long enough to stay sharp record my ideas right now in this moment record these ideas in your journal as you're breezing through the books as you're seeing things that are inspiring you as you're getting locked into boy you know I don't know why I missed that this year What an incredible idea. You know, I wrote down last year because I heard Tim talk at a program about, you know, first Fridays off. Why haven't I done that yet? Okay. And that's a sharpen the saw activity right there. And you go back to that and you say, you know what? This is getting done. It's going to be journaled in my actionable ideas for 2002, for 2003, for 2004. Review all key thoughts and actions and dreams right now. What do you got written down? How is what you're seeing in the books affecting who you are as a person right now? Where are you motivated? It doesn't matter. There's no real black or white here, but what's happening to your soul right now as you go through this thought? Now, here's what I would recommend so that next year, the annual review with you and the books section is powerful. Instead of highlighting, instead of dog-earing, instead of post-it noting you know, those areas of the books that you find helpful, I would, in this last thing, begin a new cover directory for future year's sessions. Here's what I mean by a cover directory. When I read books today, I do highlight as I go through. But rather than hoping I ever see that highlight again, I go to the cover, the hard inside of the book cover. I simply write down one to three words that identify what happened in that particular area and on which page it is. That way, next year, all I have to do is look at the cover, and I already know where the most important parts of the book were for my personal perspective, so I don't have to waste time trying to find them. And that's a very, very powerful process. To this point in time, what we've been doing is equipping your mind. We've been getting you thinking about the process. We've been getting you to a point where we're hoping that you're starting to see, man, there's so many things I can do. I know some of the things that are critically important, and yet, you know what? i got to make these part of a master plan, dreams and goals. And so our four and five are going to be spent on dreams and goals. Now, one of the things that I want to bring back to the surface as you think about an annual review with you is what we call the S-curve mentality. The S stands for the sigmoid who is the creator of this thought process, and you've heard me talk about the cycle of life, if you will. But in this particular analogy, the power of the annual review with you is to not complete a standard cycle. A standard cycle in your notes has a start, it has growth, it has death, okay, and that's it. The growth cycle is that each year you have a standard cycle that you re-template over the previous year to take you each year to a higher and higher and higher level. So the thought process here would be to master the development cycle of life and to be thinking about where my current growth curve is, where I can go to higher levels and starting these new actionable ideas. So this is more a visual for you than anything else, but it is the key. To living life at a world-class level because people that aren't dreaming are dying and people that start dreaming start living. So what Buford says, which I think is incredible and if you want to really get some more from the meat of that book Game Plan without reservation, I recommend it. He says the development cycle of life, and so I've said, okay, if it's the development cycle of life, it ought to be part of an annual review with you, don't you think? Okay, so in all the areas of your life that are important to you, he says you've got to dream it Dream what? Where it is you want to go. You gotta define it. Okay, what is it? You gotta design it. So I gotta dream it first, I gotta define it second, I gotta design it third, I gotta depart with it, which is the launch. Okay, and that's the action, and that's when I start. I've gotta discover how it's going, and this is where one of the first breakdowns is with a life plan. Okay, we stop paying attention to the law of observation. I gotta discover how it's going. Number six, I gotta defend it as I perfect it. And I think what's important here is that the idea that if it was important to you from a dream standpoint, it was important to you from a design standpoint, and as you begin to perfect it, you got to defend it because other people are going to start to take shots at you. When it starts not to work, they're going to tell you to give it up. And if it's part of who you want to be and it's part of what you see the future being, then you got to defend it. you got to continue to do it. Results take time. Hiram Smith talked about that at this year's Mastery event. He talked about the idea of patience. You gotta do it and do it consistently. And then you gotta improve it or develop it more. Okay? And if it's the right thing at the start, it will be the right thing until it is perfected, which requires ongoing development. You gotta deploy it more and consistently. If it's working out, you know, if it's a process of bodybuilding, if it's financial, you gotta deploy it, you gotta get it out there, and then you have to have a commitment number 10 to do it better. Now, I like that, and I like applying that matrix, those ten thoughts, to everything in your life. I don't want it to overwhelm you, but i got to tell you something. There's some real value in thinking big. There's some real value in number one of dreaming big dreams. There's some incredible value there in dreaming big dreams. I always am reminded of this when I see and come to the Master's Coach Group, because so many of you are familiar with this. But I was impacted in this research by finding what appears to be its original origin in terms of how it was branded as a concept. But in your notes, you see in a text box the big, hairy, audacious goal. As recently as yesterday, our certified performance team was talking about the power of the B-HAG, which is how it's pronounced. That really came from a book called Built to Last, Successful Habits of Visionary Companies. And what it is is coming up. And some of you in this room that I know well know this definition so well, you don't even have to ever look at it. Coming up with a goal so big, so impossible, and so beyond themselves that it draws the whole company into the future. I would change that to say this. Coming up with a goal so big, so impossible, and so beyond themselves that it draws the whole person into the future. Okay? To have something so compelling about where it is you want to go in those areas that are valuable to you that the motivation is a natural byproduct. You are pulled that dream so with this thinking okay what thinking s-curve mentality you always are what growing and that there are no limits on how far you can grow last month we talked about leonardo da vinci and how smart you can actually become okay there's no limits we place limits on ourselves here's some questions what do i want to do before i can't that's a powerful question to answer at the annual review with you what do I want to do before I can't? What do I want my life to look like? Okay, what do I want to be remembered for? What am I missing in my life that gives me meaning? What can I do better than I'm doing? Remember, this is a two-hour process dreams and goals, where do I want to go vocationally, financially, with my time, physically, emotionally, spiritually, maritally, family relationships, other relationships. I sat in a room last night with 100 men in it, and at our table of 9 or 10, it was so incredible to see how many people at that particular session really wanted to deepen their marriage and their family relationships and even relationships with other people the social awareness and mechanism of what you want to do to stay connected to people in the right way. Powerful questions that you need to ask and other questions that are important to you. So we're now at uh, the completion of the fifth hour. We've recommended perhaps that this annual review with you is an eight-hour process. And how many of you just right now at this point by show of hands feel that if you were to spend... The kind of intense time that I'm outlining for you right now, that it would be nothing short of a transformational experience for you. Let me just see your hands if your gut is telling you this would be incredible. How many of you feel a little overwhelmed with maybe what we've said so far? Okay, and that is the very reason why it's one of the most important things you need to do. So here's what we do at, at, at this particular hour. Hour six. You've got all this stuff going on now, you've got your journaling, you've got your dreams and goals list, you've been thinking about your big hairy audacious goals, okay? And now you take your recorder, okay, and you talk freely into it for 30 minutes. You have prepped your brain, you've loaded it up with all this stuff that it now has captured. It's there. You already learned last month that the brain is more powerful than any supercomputer. Okay, You'll be able to pull it all back. And what we'd like to recommend is that for 30 minutes you talk freely and openly into your recorder using, number two, present tense language. Number three, with a high degree of expanded emotion. And record the rest of your life. Just sit down for 30 minutes and record the rest of your life. One of the exercises you've heard people talk about in the past is the head to 80 exercise that uh, I think we originally heard from uh, Dan Trinidad. And I will tell you right now that I have seen eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper that are the final frames of an ordered life. And many of you have done that exercise. Many of you have recommended because you've done it to others that have spent time with you one-on-one or in group sessions to do that. So the 30-minute exercise is really an incredibly long exercise for if you talk openly and freely into a microcassette recorder, having outlined these things, you could do an eight-and-a-half by 11 piece of paper in 5 minutes, 10 minutes. So for 30 minutes, just ramble. Ramble about what your life is going to look like when it's done. The movie That gets played when it's over. Okay? And then listen to your movie. So this is an hour exercise. So for 30 minutes you record it. And for 30 minutes you what? Listen to it. At that moment in time, you're going to be, after now six full hours, pretty clear on what it is you want to do. You're going to be pretty clear you've done everything to this point in time that now sets you up to spend the final two hours creating your new action plan. And here's what I want to say to you about the action plan. First bullet. Be as specific as possible. Number two. Separate. Make sure to separate vision, mission, and daily activities now i believe that number 1 is a generality number 2 is absolutely a specific task when we say be as specific as possible i would like for the answers to hours four and five dreams and goals i would like for the answers vision mission and daily activities to be absolutely defined and written out and understood strategically, okay? And this is a two-hour exercise. There's a template in the power to be your best to do this. You can do it on your own if you take your pad of paper or your computer. I didn't recommend taking a computer if you're outdoors because it's hard to see. If you're indoors, obviously, you can have your computer. But to have a separate vision for the answers to the question in the previous segment, to, to have a written mission short-term, to have the daily activities, what are the new things that you're either going to reengage in Or do for the first time because of a new set of circumstances about where it is that you want to go. I've changed, for example, one of my professional elements of my vision, which was originally to write five books by the age of 55. We now have three out and three more are being written. One is being released in three months. Another is going to be released in eight months. And then another one will be released potentially in the next year by ourselves or our new publisher. And so there's six already by the age of 45. So I have to modify that. I have to modify that because I don't want to stop. Just because I've exceeded the goal of writing five books by the time I was 55. Which therein lies one of the powerful elements of this whole idea of having a plan. Because generally speaking, if you have a plan, you'll exceed your expectations. You'll exceed the deadlines that you've placed on yourself. So we need to go down this path of separate visions, mission, and daily activities. Okay? Now, thirdly, review your time block and make new adjustments and add new activities. So wherever you're at right now in hours seven and eight, you might be planning some of the new processes. I've modified, for example, already uh, and have begun this year for what would be my year next year, a kind of a mixed up workout routine. used to be always the morning for me. Now I'm doing things differently. I'm doing some midday stuff. I'm doing some mid-morning stuff. I'm doing some mid-afternoon stuff at varying different degrees of the day. And I have found that it's not only been a healthy way, no pun intended, to experience the physical growth that I'm intending to experience, but it's been an incredibly beneficial experience relative to what I then do and how I operate professionally and personally to have those moments in time that break up the day to allow me to experience that. So you'll change things perhaps on your time block. And that's the point that I want to make here. And then forward this to your accountability partner. And you're always clear, perhaps this group and maybe new listeners need to become clear that uh, without reservation, the accountability firm for you is Building Champions. And just go to their website, buildingchampions.com and get yourself an accountability partner because what you do now at the end of hour eight is you sit back. Can you imagine right now? Just go there with me. Eight hours. The best-run businesses in the world spend days figuring out how they're going to do just their business. And your life is more important than your business to spend a day on it. Imagine being there at the eighth hour and saying, wow, here it is. Now, that doesn't mean that it's done. The toughest job begins, which is the daily execution. And that's why the accountability partner thing is important. So here's a a thought as we wrap up this lesson. Actually, two, and then I want to share with you something that I've always been fond of. Thomas Wolfe says that if a, a man has a talent and cannot use it, he has failed. If he has a talent and uses only half of it, he has partly failed. If he has a talent and learns somehow to use the whole of it, he has gloriously succeeded and won a satisfaction and a triumph few men will ever know. When you do an annual review with you, that's the power that will come out of it specifically, a satisfaction and a triumph that few men will ever know. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you like to be in the small percentage that lives life fully? I think so, and I think you are. Another quote as we wrap this up. What I lack is to be clear in my mind what I am to do, not what I am to know. The thing is to understand myself, to see what God really wished me to do, to find the idea for which I can live and die. And at the end of an annual review with you, you are crystal clear on where it is you want to live. I found a poem years ago, and I want to wrap up this lesson with this poem because I think, and it would be my hope, that at the end of this lesson now, you realize that it's time for new beginnings. And every year is a time for renewal, and every day is a time to start afresh the things that you don't want to repeat that have become stale, that are the lessons, the actions, the the things that didn't quite work. And this poem really, for me, really seals it. Endings are the seeds to beginnings. Tomorrow will come in time. Even in hopelessness lies a seed of hope, and even small seeds can climb. But the little seed has to give up its past on its voyage to the sprouting tree. Didn't you ever transcend your life, previous visions of who you could be? Every cloud opens up to the smiling sun, and the low will soon reach high tide. Exits and entrances are at the same gate, moving through is your ticket to pride. And two triangles have to surrender themselves to ever become a square, and every simple discovery in life makes you give up what you thought was there. Caterpillars will butterfly off the ground, give up your past to be king. Horses run best when not looking back, let go to reach higher things. You have to give up your discomforts to ever soar in flight, but isn't the end of something that's wrong the beginning of something that's right. So you stand at the spot where endings begin, handcuffed by your past or freed. One path will take you to where you have been, the other will set you free. So pick yourself up like the rising sun, like the wind lifting the silent sea, and plant a hope in your heart like a seedling in spring and step forward to your new destiny. It would be my hope that as you think about the annual review with you, that right now you would plan a day in the next... Two to three weeks. You would pick a spot. You would go quiet. And you would answer the question that we started with. And that is this if your life turned out perfectly, what would it look like? Do you know you can fail at doing that and live at a higher level than people who succeed at not answering that question will ever live at? So the challenge for you and the key for you is to take initiative in this area. Life is too precious. Ask anyone who's almost lost it or who has lost somebody, and you will realize the value of this. I hope you've had fun with this lesson. I wish you a a great new year, and it's with that hope and that thought and that prayer that I appreciate you being clients. Thanks for listening.